Dear founder, as you know, there's no blueprint for entrepreneurship. You wear so many hats, you burn the midnight oil, you pour your heart and soul into everything that you do. But without a doubt, the journey is worth every single second that you put into it. I'm Lindsay Pinchuk, host of the Dear Founder podcast. I say this because I've lived it for over a decade. I started my first company with $500 in my pocket and a baby in my belly. I grew it and I sold it all. This podcast is my weekly letter to you. We'll talk all things starting, growing, nurturing, and in some cases, even selling a business. Together with some of my closest contacts, I'm here to help you find your own success, whatever that means to you. The ride as a founder is the ride of your life. So come on in and join me for another episode that will get you one step closer to reaching your own founder goals. Welcome back to another episode of Dear Founder. Before we get into today's episode, I want to let you in on something I have going on. A lot of you have been DMing me, sending me messages, and asking me when I'm bringing back my small business workshops. Well, good news. On April 25th, I'm kicking off a free masterclass, Social Media for Small Business. If you're looking up your social media game when it comes to your company, you're absolutely going to want to join me. You'll walk away with a comprehensive idea of what to post, where, when, and how to do it efficiently so that you can focus on growing your business. This seven-day masterclass is going to be off the hook. You're going to want to click the link in the show notes for more information and to sign up, and it's free, so there's no excuse. Don't wait. The doors close soon. I absolutely loved talking to today's guest, Louisa Schneider. We have both both built businesses upon grassroots marketing and partnerships, and many of our business principles are in direct alignment with one another. Louisa Schneider is a mom who was looking for a better, safer option to pierce her daughter's ears, and she couldn't find it. So with an amazing team, she's built it. Rowan piercings take place with a trained nurse, and all earrings are hypoallergenic. Those of you who know me know this is music to my ears because I love when things are clean. Um, This honestly is a truly unique and one of the best solutions out there. Um, Louisa Schneider founded Rowan on her own principles, and I am so excited for you to hear this conversation. Come on in without further ado and meet Louisa Schneider. So today on Dear Founder, we have Louisa Schneider, the founder of Rowan, and I'm so intrigued by this story for so many reasons, as you will hear as we get into the conversation, but Rowan is a ear piercing boutique. And not only is it an ear piercing boutique, they have multiple locations. They are hypoallergenic, which is everyone listening who knows me knows I am a crazy germaphobe. So to me, that like made my antenna go up right away. But as I explained to Louisa before we hopped on, I originally saw Rowan in Target. And there's an amazing story there as well. So before we get into the nitty gritty, I want Louisa to share her story. So welcome to Dear Founder. Thank you. So great to have you here. Um, And I'd love for you to kind of share, like, why? Like, why did you start an ear piercing boutique? (laughs) It's a great question. I ask myself that sometimes too. (laughs) Uh, so my background is mostly finance. So I worked, um, in investment banking. I worked for a hedge fund, always with an eye on the consumer. So looking at consumer companies and I was working at a hedge fund and our thesis was shorting brick and mortar malls. So we were taking a hard look at malls and saying, wow, you know, a lot of, of people that are teenagers have never gone to the mall. But there was one reason that 
almost everyone had gone to the mall and that was to get their ears pierced. And when I was working at this hedge fund, my daughter was born. And I also at the time uh, was able to take my nieces to get a second piercing, which they were so excited about. And they live in Cincinnati, Ohio. So we went out and looked for a place to go. And the only place that would do it was a mall-based piercer. And the experience was really not great. And so I was studying these mall-based piercers. They were driving foot traffic. They were really bucking the trends of all of the other um, mall-based retailers at the time. And my daughter was born and I knew I wouldn't take her there. Um, and I, I thought, wow, this is a tremendous opportunity because almost everyone does this. And more and more women are doing it uh, for a second or a third time. Um, but it hasn't been reinvigorated or made safe and clean, to your point, um, in a way that I would be proud and comfortable taking my own daughter to. And so I started investigating it. So my, so my family are all nurses and doctors. And so um, I sat down with my aunts and said, what do you guys think about this? You know, would you be interested in piercing ears? Have you ever done it before? And I was amazed to hear that they'd all pierced ears in a pediatrician setting or in an urgent care setting, and that they were actually asked about it quite a bit, especially for very young children and for kids that had anxiety, things like that, um, and that they liked it. So that was also a huge part of it. I think um, the, the nursing role is one that is set in a very hierarchical setting, typically a hospital. And while they're doing some of the most important work taking care of us, they're definitely heroes. They're often not at the top of that hierarchical structure. And so at Rowan, they are, they're the star of the show. And so I think that is a really nice fit where we get to really embrace them and make them the star of the show and they get to do something that's fun and joyful. So really what happened is that I started with my local community and a nurse that I knew and loved and she learned how to pierce ears and trained and we, we basically put out an email and said, you know, this is a new business. It's a female founded business based in Westchester, New York. And if you are interested in getting your daughter's ears pierced by a licensed nurse, reach out. And we started getting emails. People started reaching out and suddenly we were booked every weekend and people were referring. And so people that I'd never met or never heard of wanted a Rowan piercing. And um, to your point earlier about hypoallergenic, I, I just, I'm the type of person, research analyst, just pour myself into the research. And I read a lot of the medical literature about bad outcomes. And what was amazing is like, it, it's not typically the piercing itself that's bad, but if you put in an earring that's brass or nickel, which many, many people sell because it's very inexpensive, your ear will build an allergy. Your skin will build an allergy to that because it's literally sitting through a wound that's healing and you'll absorb that nickel or, or that high, um, allergenic metal, and then you'll have a bad outcome. And so I set out to have only hypoallergenic earrings and to make them. And it is more expensive, but I feel like that's our duty and we want our customers to have a great outcome. And so we sell that through a subscription or through a la carte earrings. And the idea is have a safe and wonderful ear piercing experience, come back and see us, buy jewelry from us going forward and don't have to get your ears pierced multiple times. <laughs> where did you do the piercings initially? Like where was this yes. initial spot? So, so initially we had um, a number of nurses in Westchester piercing in New York City, New Jersey, Connecticut, New York. And 
we were selling our subscription earrings and that was working incredibly well. And those were going, were you renting? Like, did you have like space? Like, did you have like a retail experience? so, So we were piercing in, we were working out of a WeWork. We were piercing in WeWorks. We were piercing in, in stores. So we did work with Love Shack Fancy. We did work with a number of, of retailers in New York city, and we were doing concierge out of home piercings. And so we were featured in Fast Company, and that was an amazing feature. And on the heels of that, we got reached out to by a huge retailer. <laughs> and I didn't believe it was real at the time. Um, and we built a partnership with them. And, you know, you and I spoke about this earlier, but uh, then the pandemic hit. And so plans for expansion into hundreds, if not thousands of stores came to a crashing halt. And that was devastating. Um, but that is that is really when we started getting all these inbounds around. We don't want to postpone joy. Can you come to our house? You know, can and the CDC had put out guidelines around safety protocol, and so we knew that if we were properly wearing our PPE, that and that our clients were as well, and we were outdoors, that we could pierce safely, and that we could feel comfortable sending a nurse to a home, and that that home would feel comfortable welcoming our nurse, and so we did an enormous amount of business during the pandemic via that channel. Um, and, you know, in truth, it, it, it grew and grew and, and it, um, and it was amazing, but it was really challenging to manage because it's, uh, again, all out of home. And so we were a small, uh, startup and we didn't have the infrastructure to handle the, the demand for it. So, okay. I have so many thoughts and questions here <laughs> that, Okay, how how did you make the leap from that small infrastructure to what you have now, which you have your own locations now, and you're obviously expanding to more. And then I would like for you to talk about how the partnership with Target worked. Yep, yep. So we are, so during the pandemic, we did have an office in, in WeWork and, and we were in Manhattan. Uh, our team was in Bryant Park, which is an amazing place. And everything shut down. It was wild. I mean, I'd worked and lived in New York City for 20 years. I'd never seen anything like it. And at the same time, there was a tremendous opportunity to get real estate, to to invest in stores because everyone was leaving. And my background is finance and I've studied Warren Buffett and and value investors. And it's always, you know, uh, be fearful when others are greedy be greedy when others are fearful. And so this notion of, okay, let's look at real estate. And so I spent some time on the Upper West Side and the Upper East Side, and we found this jewel box of a location on 71st and 3rd. And my view was, let's give this a go. And if nothing else, it'll be an amazing office with street level signage. And it's a beautiful, sunny, inviting space. And so we opened in August of the pandemic of 2020. We did zero marketing because I wasn't comfortable marketing during the pandemic a very intimate physical experience. We wanted to be welcomed by the community, so we did a lot of outreach. And that store has been a tremendous success. And we're currently opening two more stores in Brooklyn. Um, On the heels of New York, we opened in Connecticut. We opened in Colorado. And we are now in the midst of a large national expansion. And the excitement is tremendous. I think we're, because we're bringing an elevated, backed by licensed medical professionals experience, um, it's it's quite different than any other piercing offering on the market. And so it's, it's being embraced at all levels. So 
that's wonderful um, and exciting. And I'm not sleeping a lot. <laughs> that's okay. And then, you know, your other question around our, our partnership. So we, we, we have worked with a number of retailers, Target among them. Um, it has been a tremendous way for us to scale, uh, for us to learn. And I think that, um, you know, the truth is there's a target within five to 10 miles of every American. Um, they're in around 2000 locations in the country. And piercing is a very, very interesting service because again, you can't get it online and um, it drives, it drives people into stores. So for us, there was a natural fit there. It was a nice puzzle piece. And um, we've, we've had a strong partnership. Um, and it's one that, you know, we're continuing on with. And I know I shared with you before we popped on that your story with Target was one that resonated very much with me as we also, my old company had a large partnership with Target and it also came to a screeching halt and a pivot right before the pandemic. And so I, and I greatly sympathized with your story, but I also shared with you that that's how I found you. Right. And so I think that my question, my question on this is, I would love for you to speak to how partnerships, because you you have a, an amazing model, not just with Target, but with Love Shack Fancy and these other retailers that you partnered with really helped you to build your brand. Um, and that is something that I preach all the time to right. my community, to my clients. I right. just did a whole lesson in a workshop about the importance of partnership marketing, because that's how I built Bump Club. Right. Right. And that's how you built your business. Absolutely. I mean, I think, so I would say uh, lots of things on this. Um, for example, with Love Shack, it wasn't a long-term partnership by any means. It was multiple times in different stores there with them. Um, and we, we did that recently. And we're, But you we're, utilized we're, their yes. space and brought right. people in right. and you and they gave you the space Correct. and everyone won. Right. It's exactly, it's a very mutually beneficial arrangement and it's, it's fun too. And you know, you're, you're shining a light on their brand. They're shining a light on yours. And, and it creates in our case, it creates, um, entertainment and an activity in the store. So there's a buzz that there may not be at other times. Um, we're actually going to be opening a studio across the street from them down in coconut Grove in the next couple of weeks, which we're super excited about. So, but I, I think, um, you know, as a founder, and, and certainly as a small startup, when you are growing and you have something magical like Rowan, you have lightning in a bottle and you know it because when your clients come in, you know, whether it's, we just pierced a 95 year old lady and, you know, she cried and she said, it is amazing to do something for the first time when you're 95 and to get okay. this bling. Right. And like, or to be piercing the the infant of two parents who bring in their child, their newborn, and they are trusting a Rowan nurse to to pierce well and to do this well and to appease their nerves because the baby, you know, and that's part of their culture and this is their choice and we want it to be done safely, right? Um, but I think when when you work through these partnerships and you think about them, uh, you want to make sure that it's mutually beneficial. You want to make sure that you keep your options open. You know, you never know who's going to be calling and saying, oh, well, I see you here and we'd like to have you. And, you know, and so, and that if you have the ability to do it entirely on your own, do you prefer that? And so I think our standalone studios have been a tremendous success. And I almost didn't envision us in that way out of the gates. Um, again, it almost took the pandemic for us to make the leap to our standalone studios. And then 
seeing the line out the door. I mean, in our Westchester store, I had a call from another founder last week and he said, I live in Westchester and we're trying to open nationally. And on December 26th, I saw a line out of your door, but I haven't seen any out of home marketing and I'm not seeing you guys market locally. How did you do it? Right. (laughs) And, um, you know, he's, he's not in the mom blog groups that we're in, which I, which I shared with him, but, uh, which you can appreciate. Yes. Um, Moms are your best marketers. (laughs) And if you have a service that works, they will share it to no end. Exactly. Exactly. So I think, you know, you, you really need to know your customer. You need to know where she is, what she reads, what kind of coffee she likes, um, everything about her so that you can provide her a solution that she might not even know she wants. Uh, but when she sees it, she says, wow, where's that been? <laughs> I, I, and, and I think that's the biggest compliment when people say, why didn't I think of that? Right. Yeah, and, of course. And- <laughs> it's so interesting that you say that about that other founder, because, you know, and I obviously know, do not know who you're talking about. I know nothing about right. the business, but when you think about it and that question that he asked you, yes, it really kind of just shows that like he was maybe stuck or pigeonholed in a certain way that he thought he had yes. to do things a hundred percent because you and I both know we both built businesses in a very unconventional way that you have to be unconventional and you, and, and it's okay to not do what everyone else is doing. And it's okay to not follow the guidelines. That's exactly, that's exactly right. And I think, I think that's one reason that women are oftentimes phenomenal entrepreneurs because we are constantly juggling and uh, you know, you've got your kids on the one hand and their schedules, and then you have your team and your business and maybe your own personal things as well. And you're juggling, you're juggling and you're, you're looking at things from different perspectives and you're trying to find a solution that, um, that can succeed with multiple things going on at once. And with marketing, that is a huge area of opportunity. I think if you're willing to look at things from a different vantage point, it's also, very pigeonholing. If you're only looking at marketing as this is how we market, this is our playbook. This is what we do in every city. Well, you know, we realize this in our work expanding with the national retailer that in some parts of the country on Sunday mornings, everyone's at church. Guess what? Nobody's, nobody's getting their ears pierced, but um, in other parts of the country, Sunday morning is our number one time for piercing. So again, you really need to know that local market because there's only so much, there's only so certain level of depth of truth that's universal. The rest is like very specific. Today's episode is brought to you by Hivecast, an amazing agency providing high-quality podcast production made simple and affordable. I hit the jackpot when I came across Hivecast as I pieced together services from contractors all over the web initially to help me with my podcast. Hivecast was everything that I needed all in one place. For just $500 per month, they not only produce and edit four episodes, but they also create the marketing assets. Emma, my account manager, is amazing, making sure that I'm on task and that we can schedule episodes regularly and by my deadlines. Honestly, the time saved working with Hivecast is worth at least triple what I'm paying. Their sister company, Fireside, offers other marketing services for small businesses, including social media management, Facebook and Instagram ads, search engine marketing, and so much more. Again, all at a rate palatable by a small business owner. The best part, there's no contract. You can purchase their services as needed on a monthly basis. 
Use the code FOUNDHER and save 50% off your first month of services. Give them a try. The decision to outsource this part of my business has surely saved me a ton in the long run, and it was the best decision I've made for my business. You know what else I find with marketing and in, in ter- and also in terms of marketing success is that often it's the tactics and the strategies that seem so obvious and that yes. are so obvious Right, you, you're almost looking at them like this can't be. You know what I mean? But those are the ones that actually work, yes. and work the best. It's right? So like, it's so true. I mean, like, I there's no this. book. You know, no. it's just like I was sharing with my husband the other day something I shared in a in a marketing class I was teaching, and he said, "But that," and he's a marketer also, and he said, right. "But that's so obvious." And I said, "But it's not so obvious to everyone." No. And so, like. But, but I always tell my clients and tell other founders to look within the obvious because that's where you're going to find the answer. And it's right. going to feel like almost like, no, this can't be, but, but it usually is. No, that that's exactly right. I think I saw some girls um, selling Girl Scout cookies recently and they were doing to your point, some very obvious things, but they, they were really resonating in town and it's not, you know, there's, there's a lot with marketing now that paid marketing and digital approach, et cetera. Um, I think oftentimes it's very intimidating for new founders, uh, for new female founders and male founders to jump in because there is a whole vernacular that it's almost like Greek now. And um, oftentimes I think, you know, if you, in many ways, it's to encourage you to keep spending in a way that actually is unprofitable or isn't going to result in what you want. Uh, and so you really do need to educate yourself um, and then think. And and sometimes it's just basic things that, that I mean, the grassroots marketing is forever. often the most effective, right? Exactly. That's exactly right. Yep. So something that you said early in the conversation that definitely stuck out to me, and I know probably stuck out to a lot of people who are listening because they hear me say it all the time, and I want to go back to it, is that you started your business by putting out an email to every single person that you know. And I will tell you that there are so many people who don't do that and who so many founders miss that step. And that is a critical, critical step that when we're talking about a playbook, everyone has to take because it is your friends, your family, your supporters, the people who know you, maybe even the people who know you at arm's length that are going to support you the most right out of the gate because they trust you. So tell me how that really set the stage for your business and why that was so important. It's, It's so, so funny. You went back to that. I can literally still remember writing that email and hitting send. I still have my email from bump club and people, and I have friends who have it. And every year on the anniversary, they send it to me. Mm-hmm. That is amazing. I, I was 12 years little, ago. Yeah, I was really afraid to send it. I think that um, to your point, they're going to support you, but they're also going to give you their honest feedback. Yep. And I think also you feel an accountability to them to make sure that whatever you're selling or offering or talking to them about is, is, is excellent because you care about them and you know them. And so it really is... It's really hard, but getting that, if it works there, then, then you're on to something. And so, you know, it's a great way to prove your concept. Yes. Yes. And then if they forward it, if they send it to other people, if they think it's good, then, then it really is a snowball effect. And it's, 
it's and it not is scary to your point. It is so scary because these people know you, but it is also the place where you're going to grow the most, the quickest at first. Right. That's exactly right. And I, and I think those, those local communities, I mean, I remember listening to uh, the chicken salad chick, how I built this. And she said that the heart of any community is hair and nail salons. And so she would go in there to the people that she knew and talk about her business and it just grew from that because this is where people are honest and they're, they're letting it all out and they're talking about how they really feel. And if they think that this is a good concept or not, and if it's needed. And, and so that, that for me, that email um, got us going. And from then it was word of mouth and there's nothing more valuable than word of mouth. I mean, talk a little bit about that and how you've capitalized on that now. I mean, now you're much bigger. You're, you, you have stores, you have locations, but to your point earlier about how this other founder said, I've never seen you out of home because you rely on word of mouth marketing. And that is something too, that I think a lot of founders are, are very nervous and scared about and don't necessarily understand right away how impactful it can be. So I'd love for you to touch a little bit about that because you don't do a ton of marketing. Like right. you're not, I'm right. not going to get off this call and have ads served to me because we've been talking about Rowan. I mean, maybe right, a little, right. but probably a little, not. A little. <laughs> but probably not as much as it's it's not are... that's right. I mean, I, I think you, you it's amazing to me to see um the the expectation of paid spend when you start to build out a marketing team, et cetera, because that is how so many people over the last 15 years have built their businesses is Facebook and Instagram. And yes, we are certainly players there. But what is fascinating is that we do a lot of ex-missions interviews and we get a lot of research on how did you hear about us? And the leading way that people are finding us is word of mouth. So, and, and that is, that was a thesis for the business because paid and Facebook and Instagram marketing has only gotten more expensive and it's just going to continue to get more expensive because there's no barriers to entry there. If you've got a dollar to spend, they will take it. <laughs> and yep. then it's up to the algorithm where that money goes. Whereas if I'm a third grader and I go back to school and I have my ears pierced and they're beautiful and I had an amazing experience and I tell all my friends, I went to Rowan and then their moms text my mom and say, where did I, where did you take her to, to get the ears pierced? And it was great. And it was a nurse. Amazing. Okay, great for her, you know, ninth birthday. That's where we're going. Right. And, and you don't even have to do anything except for provide a top notch service. Because right. when you provide a top notch service, people talk. That's it. That's it. And I, and I think that's always been, it's like, if you're selling handbags and your handbag is quality and beautiful and remarkable and people say, wow, what is that? Where'd you get that? It, it's going to build on itself. The same with Rowan. We have nurses, they're trained, they love what they do and they're providing an exceptional service. One of the services for us right now, that's growing faster than any other. Um, and we did recently start charging for it because we are an appointments-based business and it's taking a lot of time and we need to, is actually evaluating and reassessing piercings done by other folks that were not done well. And what has happened is that word of mouth around our piercing and the excellent care that, that our customers are receiving. And then they're going out and talking to people and people are saying, gosh, well, I, my ears are really uneven or I had this terrible experience or I can't get this earring out. It's been in my ear for years. And okay they come to Rowan and we take care of them. And so that that's exactly right. I think it's, it's excellent. Um, and it, it's excellent service. 
So, and I want to talk a little bit about that service because you have a model where you have many, 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 many people working for you. You have a bunch of nurses. So are these nurses contractors? Are they employees? And what is your model for training them? Because that's a big undertaking and making sure that your service is the same in Connecticut as in Miami, as in Colorado. I mean, that is, that's, that's your product. Right. A hundred percent. That is, uh, that is something that we work on every day and I'm a big yogi and I practice if I can every day, uh, you have to get back on the mat and that warrior one on Monday might feel very different on Tuesday. Um, my mom is an anesthesiologist and growing up, she went part-time and eventually she ended up retiring because she said, when I'm working part-time, I just don't feel as, as good. And in anesthesia, you definitely want to feel very, very good every day. And she did pediatric anesthesia. And so for our nurses, not just getting trained once, but retraining and building community, which is something that Lindsay, you know more about than anyone, because that's what you built a career on an insanely successful business, but having a community. So that questions it's, if someone's getting a question, if one of our nurses is getting a question or has a question guaranteed other nurses in the network have it. And so how do we share those learnings? How do we continue to, to train and educate? So our process is one that has both a business approach and is rooted in medicine and in nursing. And so we really want to honor the nursing profession. And so we do practicums, we do trainings that that speak and look a lot like something that a nurse would have done in nursing school, for example. And they are run, it is run by nurses. And what's been amazing is that we've had a lot of tremendously successful nurses come to us and say, I love nursing, but I want to learn about business. And so if you can provide me that, I can provide you this. And so it's really exciting because we've built a network of nurses who live in cities like Des Moines, in cities like Kansas City, um, Minneapolis, Las Vegas, and they are core parts of our business. They live locally, they train, and they uh, are learning about how to build a company. And, and what's this a is a service right. that does not discriminate based on geography. And that's right. You know, and I always used to say in the mom space, like there were so many players in New York and LA. And like, it wasn't until I came on the scene that there was someone in the Midwest. And then we started doing things in the middle of the country, but I was like, there's moms everywhere. Like you, moms know, everywhere. you don't have to live on either <laughs> right. coast, you know, like every mom needs this information, just like everyone is going to get their ears pierced. And so why right. not give them an amazing experience? Right. Exactly. I have to ask, did you have investors into this business? Did you bootstrap it? How, what was the financial path that you took? Yes. I know your background is in finance. Yes. So I was, I was very fortunate to know a lot of prospective investors. That said, the, the path to getting an investor was, was really, really, really challenging. And it required a tremendous number of meetings. And ultimately, it came down to me being in line in a coffee shop. And in front of me was someone that I knew pretty well at the time who was an investor. And we started talking and he said, what are you up to? And I started to tell him about Rowan and about the business and about this email that I had sent out and 
the incredible interest and then the unit level economics of the business. And he said, tell me more. Why don't you hop on this train with me and tell me more? And okay, we're arriving into Grand Central. Why don't you come by my office and talk to my team about it? And eventually that became the the lead investor in our, our first seed round. And, uh, and then, you know, performance and execution and relationships uh, ultimately helped us continue to get investors. I mean, and it just goes back to the proof that you never know who's in your network. You have to be talking about your business because All the time. Yes. that's how these things materialize. You you have to put it out there. You have to talk you about have it. You have to. You cannot be embarrassed or you cannot... Um, and you also need to have it in a nutshell. So I remember a female founder saying that to me, you need to have a super tight elevator pitch on why you're doing what you're doing and what it is and why it's amazing and don't shy away from it and tell everyone. And so I think that oftentimes for women can be intimidating or you don't want to kind of talk about it all the time. And I think there are ways of doing it. And then also asking what other people are doing too, because by the way, you learn something from everyone you talk to. Yes, (laughs) absolutely. I have two more questions for you. Yes. The first is kind of a fun one. And that is like, why do you think ear piercing has gone bananas? I mean, I, 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 it's so crazy because I had like three and two and I did not open up my cartilage piercing, but, um, I had, I just did, I just did last week. You did. (laughs) Did it hurt? Did it pulse? I remember my cartilage piercing pulsing. Not at all. And I've had it done multiple times before. This one has nothing. I I think it also has to do with our new ear pillow that I've been sleeping on and just our incredible nurse. But well, so I I know I had three and two and then I let my like my second and third ones close and but they didn't close. And so during the pandemic, when I was home, I just stuck an earring in and they actually opened up. Right. But I'm seeing more adults now get more piercings than ever before. I mean, I have friends who have four or five, six piercings. And right. Why is this? What's going on? I think it's self-expression. And and after the pandemic, no one wants to postpone joy. We're traveling more than we've ever traveled. This is we are realizing this is it. This is our our one life and let's enjoy every single day. And if I want to adorn my ears and, and, and do that. And by the way, I'm probably on zoom a lot. So this is a way for me to self-express, you know, uh, that people can actually see. And then I've got my pajama pants on the bottom. No one knows, but, but truly I do think it is about experience and self-expression. And I think that if, if COVID and the pandemic has imprinted anything on us, it is to prioritize safety and to never postpone joy. I love it. Last question. Tell me three things that you would tell a founder right now if she came to you and said, I'm looking to start a business, what would be your advice? If you have an idea that keeps you up at night that you keep talking about, you need to pursue it. Don't, don't, uh, don't put it away. Don't hide it. Um, write a business plan. Even if it's two pages, write it down and understand how it's going to work financially and for you. And then uh, send that email. Send that email. And, and, and listen to the feedback. Louisa Schneider, founder of Rowan. I could talk to you all day because I can, I, I mean, in this short conversation, our business principles and our life principles totally align. And I love it. I love hearing how you built this business. And I know that everyone listening absolutely is going to as well. Um, so thank you for your time. And I'm so excited to see where this goes and where you pop up. 
and I need to take my daughter to get her second piercing redone. (laughs) So now I know exactly where I'm going to go. Amazing. Thank you so much, Lindsay. Oh my God, that conversation was off the charts. I loved talking to Louisa and honestly, I loved listening back to this conversation when I was going through the editing process of this episode. This episode was packed with such incredible information and actionable tips from Louisa Schneider. You're absolutely going to want to get out your pen and paper because you're going to want to write these down. All right, here we go. Number one, when you're getting started, it's always a good and a smart idea to put strategic partnerships in place. Partnerships are very mutually beneficial and they're fun. You're shining a light on someone else's brand and they're shining a light on yours. Partnerships create buzz between brands that may not otherwise be there. Number two, be fearful when others are greedy. Be greedy when others are fearful. Take advantage of situations that may not be ideal for others, but could absolutely give you an opportunity. Number three, you need to know your customer, where she is or where he is, what he or she reads, what kind of coffee they drink, every single thing about them so that you can provide a solution that they don't even know they want. Number four, the biggest compliment you could ever receive is, why didn't I think of that? Number five, marketing is a huge area of opportunity if you're able to look at things from a different vantage point. It's also very pigeonholing if you are only looking at things from one perspective. Number six, you need to know your your local market. There is not one universal way that people do things in every part of the country or in every part of the world. Number seven, Digital marketing can be a bit intimidating for new founders. It's a whole new vernacular. Oftentimes you don't really know what you're doing and you could end up spending and continuing to spend in a way that you don't want to. You have to educate yourself on the process or find someone to help you. Number eight, don't be afraid to send your first email. Those of you who know me know this is my number one tip for new business owners. Your contacts support you and they will also give you their honest feedback. You care about these people, so you know you feel an you feel an accountability to give them the very best. It's really really hard at first, but if it works with them, then you're onto something. Number nine, there is nothing more valuable than word of mouth. The customer experience helps exponentially with word of mouth marketing. When you provide a top notch service, people talk. Number ten, the path to getting an investor can be very challenging. Have those conversations share what you're doing. You never know what could happen. You have to talk about your business all the time. You cannot be embarrassed and you have to have your business in a nutshell. Number 11, speaking of which, know your elevator pitch and why you're doing what you're doing and share it always. Plus, you want to ask others what they're doing because you could absolutely learn from them too. And number 12, if you have an idea that keeps you up at night, you need to pursue it. Don't deny it. Don't hide it. Thank you so much, Louisa Schneider, for being here today. And thank you to everyone who listened and joined us for today's episode of Dear Founder. Make sure that you follow at Lindsay Pinchuk and at Dear Founder on Instagram. The links are in the show notes. And you can also go to lindsaypinchuk.com slash freebie to download some of my tips, tools, and resources for starting, growing, and managing your business. We have some amazing guests come up coming up. So please make sure to subscribe to the show on Apple or Spotify or or wherever you listen. And if you like what you're hearing, please go to Apple or Spotify or wherever you listen and leave a rating or review. I could not thank you enough for doing so. If you know someone who wants to start their own business like Louisa, 
or who has an amazing idea, please text them this episode or post it on your Instagram. Make sure to tag me and I'll reshare those to say thank you. I'll be back soon with another episode of Dear Founder.